All right, peoples, welcome back to the Expert Edge. Uh, today, I have a very special guest, a guest that you already know, probably it's my amazing wife. And today's episode is awesome, if I don't say so myself. Uh, there are some funny stories, uh, and there's also some really cool lessons. And basically, I, we wanted to share some big lessons. In fact, it's three big lessons that we've learned over the last year of going through, you know, this global crisis pandemic, and then how we can apply that to our business. And then also we talk about how if, if you know, the restrictions and so forth are starting to lift off in your area, how do you transition out of that time successfully? We're, we've been through many, many challenging times in our marriage. Uh, and in our life and in our business, whether it be starting businesses, closing businesses, changing countries, uh, health challenges, all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, we've had a bit of experience coming in and out of different seasons. And so we just wanted to share some things that have worked for us and really work for us and that we're focusing on right now. So uh, I trust you're going to have a good laugh and uh, and draw some really great lessons from today's conversation. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Uh, so click the subscribe button right now if you aren't. And uh, if you find it valuable, I'd love to hear what's been most helpful from it in the review section down below. So without any further ado, let's get into it. You are listening to the Expert Edge Podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage position themselves as authorities, and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. All right, we're recording. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Sarah Boyd is in the hot seat. Okay. Are you really (laughs) recording already? Yeah. Okay. It started. Thanks so much for the warning. (laughs) Do you like how smooth that intro was? Oh, wow. Are you, are you serious? Yes. Oh. I'm actually recording. Hi, guys. Hi. So we've got Sarah Boyd in the hot seat today, and I'm really excited to be talking about everything related to the last season and then how it applies into our future. Because I don't know about you, but uh, we've had St. COVID affecting us on many levels, and I know it's probably affected you as well. And what we wanted to do was uh, share some lessons that have been... Uh, big for us over this last season and some of the challenges, some of the wins that we've had and then how you can apply that to your next season because I think when you go through difficult seasons, uh, you you just learn so much. And yeah. so we wanted to share some insights and then how you can apply them into your future. But why don't you kind of frame up the episode for our listeners today, Sarah? <laughs> Thanks, Colin. No, we, we were talking about sharing some things that worked for us in terms of navigating the last 12 months as business owners. Um, but we but in what we're going to share as some points for our business, we're very well aware that there's been a lot of loss for people and that there's been a lot of people have lost jobs and um, had health issues and all that sort of stuff. So we don't by any means subscribe to a personal development philosophy that's just like if you have the right mindset everything in life will be awesome all the time so we, we do just want to say that at the outset of the episode uh, we were very very fortunate in the last 12 months to be running a type of business that was able to continue to run and we learned a lot and had to make a lot of changes as I'm sure you did too uh, but uh, we wanted to share those learnings and kind of what worked 
for us last year. Yeah, absolutely. And before we even get into that, I just want to say it is our 15th wedding anniversary Ah, coming up on the 8th of April. You remembered. And I just wanted to say that I love you. I love you too. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? 15 years. like 15 years. Like we were like 12 years old when we got married. (laughs) Close. (laughs) Close to 12 We're just above the legal age. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least I was above the legal age. Oh. oh, no, I think you were above the legal age and I wasn't. You're older than me. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Okay. Uh, so that's pretty cool. We've been married for 15 years and yes. I'm so glad that I made that decision. Same. To Best marry decision you. ever. So good. Who you marry matters. Who would have known? Holy moly. <laughs> I mean, we were so young when we made that decision. I feel yeah. like I didn't know what on earth I was doing, but... I just wanted good looking children. <laughs> So I thought I'd marry a looker. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> You're hilarious. So, um, all right. So let's have a chat about these lessons uh, and what... Yeah. And just for context too, I think like for us last year, we had, we, our business grew yeah. last year. So yeah. So was, we, I think it was like 30% growth we had in our business uh, from the previous year. And I think when, when COVID hit... Uh, I think, you know, everyone was in a bit of shock. Yeah. Do you remember getting text messages from friends? We had a friend who was a fireman and he kind of gave us a warning maybe 24 hours before the announcements were happening that they were coming. And he was like, get the gross, get to the grocery store. Yeah, he's like, get to the grocery store. So I'm heading up to the grocery store. And I was going to the craft store to get like 20,000 little activities for the kids as well. Yeah. It was so funny, like putting it on Instagram going, oh my gosh, look at the lines. And then that just became like normal. Normal, yeah. And so... Do you remember when you thought it was going to be a two-week lockdown? We're in California too, for context. So we ended up going through a three, four-month lockdown, five-month lockdown shelter in place. So we homeschooled for three months and then our children were at home on summer vacation. Yeah, which was lovely. That was... (laughs) (laughs) It's always lovely having kids home One of my main learnings, which has nothing to do with business, is that I'm not called to be a homeschooler. And so props to every single one of you that's listening who does homeschooling. It's not not my thing. It's not not in your sweet spot. (laughs) It's not not in my sweet spot either. I feel like I end up, other than teaching Jonah how and Georgia how to do speeches. Yeah. I love that. Like literally we did a speech Uh, with him the other day and he's so cute. You guys should see how Colin teaches them. He makes him like how to use his hands and where to stand and how to introduce himself and how to finish it. And then like our son will like practice it a few times and then Colin will be like, no, no, let's do it again because you've got to feel it in your body. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to feel it in your and body. And he's like, you Dad, I've done this so many times. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, mate, repetition is the mother of all skill. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. But in saying that, he does get highest marks every time in his class for his delivery of his speech. Yeah, so, he, he, it's yeah. funny. He came home. I was chatting with him the other night and he goes, uh, he goes, Dad, he goes, all the other kids read, like just read their speech. <laughs> and he goes, I was the only one who, who spoke. And I said, mate, they didn't do a speech. They did a reading. That's not a speech. I said, you were the only person in the class who did a speech. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, absolutely, buddy. And I said, what's the number one rule with speaking? And he goes, he goes that the audience doesn't know when I make a mistake. So just keep oh, going. He's so cute. He's so cute. Yeah. He's so cute. So um, yeah, so he's doing speeches. He's crushing it. 
in the on the. Uh, what are we talking about? Again? I'm going to invoice him soon. I'm going to send him an invoice soon because he definitely has it. I said, I said, buddy, you've got a good deal. Is that I pay you and I train you to speak. <laughs> he was looking at me the other day, and uh, and I said, mate, I, I said I should be invoicing you, not not me paying you. Like for his pocket money. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I pay you for your pocket money. <laughs> oh my gosh! So here's some lessons. That's a nice frame coming into, <laughs> coming into some good lessons. Here's some lessons. I went out the other night and Colin's sitting out in our backyard with the fire pit and, and our son's out there with him too. And I went out there because it was time to put our son to bed and I was going out to put him to bed. And I came, I came into a conversation where you were talking to him about marketing language and how people put scarcity and how important scarcity is. <laughs> yeah. Well, our kids are doing a school fundraiser and the, the parents, the, 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 the students are using scarcity to drive, drive the fundraiser at different points throughout. Like rather than having an cl- end close date, having like having an open cart close date and then like yeah. a medium cart close date. So eight-year-old's going through self from stage academy. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling him about, I'm like, mate, the teacher's just using scarcity. I said, just relax. It's all good. And I'm like, but it's real. But he's like, but it's not all good, dad. We've got to get it in by tomorrow morning. And I was like, I know, I know, I know, buddy. I know, scarcity's they happening. have a countdown timer. Yeah, <laughs> and he full remembers all these principles. He's I so know. funny. It's so funny. Seven, eight years old learning scarcity. Uh, so... I think one of the first lessons that can be really good as an entrepreneur when challenge hits, uh, especially in the context of everything that was going on, is this idea of pivoting quickly to find new certainty. And so I think one of the biggest challenges in being an entrepreneur is the fact that you have to embrace a lot of uncertainty. I know for us, when we moved to the US, you know, there was a lot of uncertainty, huge uncertainty. We left our business in Australia started a new business in the US. We didn't know where our schools were. We didn't know where we were living. We didn't have friends. Basically, we had nothing. And <laughs> We had uh, each other. We had each other. And, uh, and there, yeah, so we, had, we, had, we were looking for certainty. And I think that when it comes to it, there was different people how they approached it. And if I, like on reflection, I feel like- In terms of COVID, what happened In terms of COVID? COVID, what happened with COVID, like I was, it was interesting watching people if they, there was some people who just hung in there, they'll they'll like, you know what, we're not changing our business model. We're just going to keep delivering what we're delivering, and uh, we'll just wait until things kind of change or pan out. And when it comes down to it, you know, if you, I think the principle within this is res, is response as opposed to just letting your environment control you. Yeah. And you either you either set the standards in your life internally or your environment will set the standards for you. 100%. And so this idea of pivoting quickly, I know for us, you know, we were running some live events. Yeah, so for context, we had probably five or six live events um, in our calendar year for our business. They were all already booked and deposits paid with event vendors. Um, The dates were communicated with clients. They were part of programs that we offered. They weren't like... Uh, buy a ticket to the event they were part of um, like group coaching or mastermind things and so we had to make a decision I mean remember when COVID was just like just two more weeks of lockdown Mm. or just one more week and we had a lot of people say oh yeah you know in March they would say to us oh it'll definitely be done by July or it would definitely be done 
um, by August or things will definitely be fine. And one of the things that I think uh, I was very driven from early on was was trying to create our own sense of certainty and whether it was coming from the government restrictions or what was happening with homeschooling or what was happening with event vendors and contracts and, you know, you've got all the, the terms and conditions there, is that I was uh, – we were both getting very sick of being kind of at the whim of the waves of what was going on externally and it kind of was beginning to feel like – this was very early on, so two to three weeks into the shutdowns here in California uh, – what we were not happy with how um, it was like someone else could make a decision on what was going to happen with our Mm. business. And so I know psychologically when agency or when a sense of control is taken away or the sense of autonomy is taken away, um, the only thing that happens is you move into a sense of learned helplessness, which is basically this idea that it's like, no matter what I do or what I try, nothing's going to influence the outcome. And that's really unhelpful in a business context. There really needs to be a sense of agency and certainty that we can influence our environment. And so very, very early on, um, we were talking about just changing our offerings and our programs and cancelling the live event, like live events aspect of that and like just moving our business entirely online Mm. um, because we wanted to take our sense of agency and our sense of certainty back. That's such a good way to put it. Don't you love the psychologist of Sarah coming out? By the way, guys, did you know that Sarah... In, this was in Australia. She was she was the number one psychology student in the entire state. Like this is how intelligent she is. I, so, I seriously married up. Yeah. Uh, you right. guys think I know all of you think I'm incredibly smart, but <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> but and Sarah humble. is just like and humble and humble, very humble. Uh, <laughs> Sarah's the next level. I love it. I love it. So this idea of agency. Uh, that's so true. When you when you describe that, I could I could feel it in my body going, you know, as a business owner, just as an just as a person, when you have that agency taken away from you, that ability to feel like you can control your environment, you feel helpless. Yes. And I think a lot of people felt like that. A hundred percent. And you know, yes, that was a unique situation, but I think that applies to life in general. And they, that was an extreme situation. Yeah. But it's so it's so true that you have to keep fighting for your agency. Yeah. How, how do you feel like you get that back? Well, it was really scary for us. I mean, at the time, our primary business was teaching people how to sell. We were t- teaching them how to sell on live and virtual stages. Yeah. But a lot of people loved the live element Yeah, they of loved it. the live. Yeah. So it felt like a huge risk to yeah. actually go, we're not doing that for at least 12 months and yeah. we're moving moving there. And so it took a lot of courage. Um, yeah. And even in the face of some people saying, like, you kind of don't need to. Yeah. But I always feel like um, in most situations, you can always control more than you think that you can control. Mm. And one of the things that happens when you get into um, like a learned helplessness or even like a very negative state is that your brain starts to think there's only one or two ways through this situation. And if I've tried them and they haven't worked, then it isn't going to work. But there's always a lot more things you can control. It's just you don't think you should. Like 
it would have been very easy for us in that situation to move into the mindset of like, we don't have agency. This is our business. Part of our business is live events. So therefore we are at the whims of other people's or the situation and the circumstance for us. It, it almost like your brain almost doesn't go, well, actually we could take control of this and move it back. And I think sometimes having someone external to your, your actual circumstance can help give you that perspective when you get stuck in your own Mm. thinking loops Mm. because we all have them we all have blind spots um of actually seeing you do have a lot more choice and I mean I think it comes back to you know the famous book Man's Search for Meaning Viktor Frankl he talks about the the, you know the famous uh his famous writings which is like when everything has been taken from us there's always one thing the last of the human freedoms is one's capacity to choose their attitude and their perspective in Mm. any given set of circumstances and I think that really came to head during all of the challenges of the last 12 months yeah that's wow that's so true and so for us you know we were thinking about because depending on your business and for us we had to shift our live events which cost us money we lost a lot of the deposits that was early on when they weren't refunding deposits yeah then on top of that, we had to change our entire marketing angle because... And we lost some clients. We lost some clients, because yeah. Because of what they were going through with the, pan- with the pandemic. Yeah, and we really, you know, tried to be understanding and graceful to people. Like, 100%. Because I, I just think it comes back. Always you know, it comes it, back. It always comes and back. And I mean, I think how people responded from a business perspective in the pandemic really solidified for me my long-term working relationship so with them wow. because when I was working with the event vendors we had live events at different um, locations and there were there was one location that were incredibly gracious and we, we weren't expecting everything back we knew there would be a loss but they were still great about it and and there was a sense of like we understand this is outside of your control there was another event location that were the opposite and I had decided the way that they worked with us, they were wrangling over small details in a contract. And I just decided I don't want to work with them mm. moving forward because of how they responded to us. That's so true. And it wasn't even so much whether or not they, you know, could or couldn't do something. It was how they went about it. Mm. Um, it really does solidify how you treat people always comes back. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, obviously you need to have business policies and you need to have like systems in place and you can't just like base it on emotion. Totally. But, but I do think like at the heart of your business, you know, if, if you look after people and care for people, it, it does really show. And uh, yeah, so we'll try, you know, we, we were graceful with, with people as much as we could and, um, and all that sort of stuff. And then for us, you know, the, a big change for us was that that the angle used to be on live stages, but but it, it changed to mainly being on virtual stages, which to be honest, I love. Like I love virtual yeah. stages now. In fact, we just ran a uh, an event yesterday for our elite, our self from stage elite group, uh, which was a full day just workshopping their entire webinar content. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic, like really cool experience, like being able to chat with people all over the world. Uh, and so, you know, that that was a big shift for us and the marketing. Or so um, I don't know what it is for you and what that looks like for you in the future. And so, uh, but it's but the principle is this, is you, you have to take back your agency. Yes. Take back your agency in terms of what can you control in that situation. I guess it, it's almost that principle of the circle of influence and circle of control. And, 
coming back to that 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 owning your own agency own your agency well that could be a good principle own your agency <laughs> you make a venn diagram <laughs> so good i think too though like the the concept of pivoting quickly um mm. we had listened to a few podcasts with people who had been in business in the states um, during the economic downturn of 2009 and every single one of them said the same thing that this wasn't going to be a short-term thing that yes. this was going to have a long-term impact and if you don't make changes to survive it you may not survive it um, and we took that to heart very early on um, and we and I think that comes back to like a sense of uh, resilience is actually adaptability and mm. I think that's really important in business is you know sometimes it's really hard when you actually get into a zone where things are working sometimes it's easier to be adaptable when things aren't working because you feel like you're just trying everything <laughs> so to like true. get something to work Pivot everywhere <laughs> so true. but when you've actually got something that's working yeah. and and you're in the process of scaling or you know it's going well sometimes that adaptability is is harder mm. um, but it's it's still a really core skill to Keep in in business and entrepreneurship. Mm, so good. Uh, so the second point that we wanted to bring forth was this idea of acting differently when you are in a challenging season, and so that's showing up, showing up. So what that means is, a lot of the time, you know, you you actually have to change how you're living your life and how you're running your business in a challenging season, and I think it's. When, you know, I know for me, there's this, I know, you know, one of my kind of negative tendencies is, is the, you know, sometimes I'll want to pull back and kind of escape from the reality of facing the pain of what's actually, you know, there. I think it's something that Sarah's very good at in terms of she actually leads, leans into it and faces the pain and goes, this is, you know, this is the reality of what we're facing and let's, let's actually look at it. And so, uh, you know the the lesson, or, or I think the insight in terms of what what we learnt was that you, you actually have to show up and act short term, as opposed to trying to build your business long term mm. for a short season. Mm. And so, in other words, some of the habits and activities that you'll do in a challenging season are not sustainable long term, and that that's okay. Yeah. Do you want to talk to that? Yeah, there, there are different rules in a crisis than there are in normal life. And um, first of all, it's important to identify when you are in a crisis. But I think we've been through so many challenges just personally across yeah. our 15 years of, you know, we've been through cancer and an international move and a lot of other health challenges as well. And so multiple businesses, <laughs> multiple businesses. And so we, we learned early on that how we have to behave and relate as a family and in business is different when a crisis is there um, than when it's not a crisis. And I think in terms of a business context, there are times where, you know, we, we are massive proponents for margin and not overworking yourself or um, all that sort of stuff. But there are ma major seasons where you have to show up in order to get this thing through. And I think if you look at the component of resilience, which is uh, like a steady mindset, you look at people who in their job roles, uh, whether you look at people in the military or you look at um, like Navy SEALs or high level athletes, they have this capacity just to lock into 
what they are needing to do and almost disassociate Mm. from their emotions for a specific period of time in order to get through what they need to get through. And, you know, I am not at all proponent, like a proponent of like, let's shut down your emotions and who cares how you're feeling and do what you need to do anyway. But part of the skill that we need to cultivate as an entrepreneur is we need that sense of mindset because that's actually what um, is required for success is to keep like building on that and to be able to shut some stuff down, go hard and then kind of recalibrate again because emotional health isn't built that way emotional health requires us being in touch with our emotions and being in touch with relationships and not disassociating but part of performance requires that sense of like this is what needs to happen and this is my focus and my goal and it's a short-term capacity for that focus yeah I think it's that that's so true and so I, what so the mistake is that some people don't change enough and they try to treat it like and, and they get angry it's like you know well this used to work why isn't why isn't it working anymore or comes into our third point which is the prioritization of recalibration and resting yeah, i think and i think this is mostly where entrepreneurs get stuck yes. because i think we we tend to be good when we naturally want to rise in a crisis Uh, But I think most of the time you get stuck in living like that. And I remember what that was like when we first moved and we were having to kind of step up and it kind of got to a point maybe six months in where it was like we had to tap each other on the back and be like, we're not in a crisis anymore. Mm. Like, And for us personally, like uh, with our business anyway, financially, after we made a lot of those massive changes, ran a one or two or maybe just one launch in the new marketing we could see it was working it was like we had to go hey like this is not a crisis anymore we need to kind of go back into you know a more sustainable way of living Mm. yeah and I think uh you know for most entrepreneurs we're very driven yes you're right and and I know for me, you know, my tendency is everything is urgent right now. We have to complete the entire project today. You know, uh, Sarah's a lot more strategic in in her approach, but uh, but for me, you know, I, I definitely find myself just you you just get in that rhythm and you just accept it. And it, I remember when I used to teach productivity, uh, it was. I called it boundary creep, which was basically you go through a challenging season and you maybe start working earlier and start working later. And then all of a sudden that becomes the new norm Mm. and you don't recalibrate back to what is a sustainable way of living for family and for life and everything like this. And it's been fascinating. Like Sarah and I always talk about the, uh, this idea of, of trade-offs and how, you know, there's this philosophy in personal development, which I think is a bit of a fallacy, to be honest, because and I say this because just from watching every person who tries to do it, they completely implode their life, which is that you can have it all. Mm. This whole idea of like, you can have it all. What I mean by that is you can have a massive family and multiple businesses and travel all around the world and part of your whole life or whatever it is like it's like you can have it all but it's like no you can have anything you want but you can't have it all Mm. and you probably and you can't have it all at the same time or go after all of at the same time and it's It's at the same time i think that's it's more the same time it's yeah yeah, so it's not that like you can't have 
a big family and a big business mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. But it's but it's that idea of that you can do it all at the same time. Yeah. Well, because, you know, part of the driven personality, we don't like limits. Oh, I hate it. We don't like someone telling us we can't do something. Yeah. And that serves us so well in in starting something that no one has started before. Mm. But it doesn't serve us in managing our interpersonal life where we have to, you know, accept parts of our humanity that we wish we didn't have, you know. Mm. Wouldn't wouldn't business be so much more successful if we could work 20-hour days? <laughs> or <laughs> wouldn't we be making so much more progress if there was three of us or whatever it is? Like, mm. And I think that's something that the last 12 months has really brought to the surface is the reality of our limits as humans and ex- mm. and having to come to a sense of acceptance with them. And, you know, one thing that I've learned personally in my life is how seasonal life is there are, and how important to know the context that you're in because there are some seasons with massive limits and you just feel like it's always going to be like this and I'm never going to feel like... I have freedom to do X, Y, and Z anymore. And then all of a sudden something shifts um, and, and you do. And, and, it, mm. and that's really hard. And, and one of the things like I talk about a lot in my other work is what happens uh, to someone's mindset when they go through pain or mm. challenge. And one of, one of the things that disappears almost immediately is someone's long-term vision and their creativity. And I think that's part of the challenge of this last year is that for a lot of entrepreneurs who are, who are primarily driven by that vision, creativity, like creation of something, uh, when they go through challenge, that part of their thinking gets, it just disappears. Mm. Yeah. So I think, you know, if you haven't recalibrated yet and gone, okay, what are my priorities now? Because a lot of the time, I think for, for most people, they're, unconscious about what their priorities are they just do whatever's on their plate and just try to survive and something that i feel like we've done pretty well is every single year we sit down and go what are our priorities clearly for this year and what does that look like which is based around like themes and stuff like that and if you guys haven't listened to the podcast on creating a theme uh you can go and check that out it's it's uh down down below just just have a look for the word theme uh, but it's a really cool podcast, really about how to create themes and priorities for each year. It's one of it's one thing that you know, even when it comes down to yeah, priorities, beliefs, like every season, going like, what are the beliefs we need to have about ourselves to make this next season more successful? Mm-hmm. And I think that if you haven't taken a moment to recalibrate and reprioritize, because for some people, you're actually coming out of the the season. Not for everyone, but. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of countries now that have opened yeah, up a lot, you know, with vaccines. And I know in, in Australia, you know, I think they have like one case in the whole of Australia and they locked down the whole they're state, by the way. <laughs> it's like out of control. It's so funny in Australia. Yeah. In America, we have like 2,000 new cases a day or something. Don't quote me on that. I'm just like, that's not up. funny. We're not saying that's funny. No, that's just not for funny. Context. No, we're just saying as an Aussie living in a different country. Oh yeah, but yeah. but it's like in California where, where we are, everyone's just walking around as normal. People are a bit sick of yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Like, everyone's we're just done. like, we're done. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. But you know, wherever you're at in terms of this, this you know, epidemic, the, you, you will come out of it and, and, it's, and, and it's starting to open up. And you know, I know for me, I just bought a, I just bought a live ticket to an event in September 
and that I'm hoping to go to. We'll chat about Fingers that. Crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Yeah, we'll see how we go. Uh, but I'm like, I want to go to a live event, you know, and starting to open up. So people are starting to run live events and stuff. But the question is, and this is the reason why I say this is because for, for talking with most people, they've said that th- most people have worked harder during the pandemic and longer hours and are more exhausted than they are normally even though they're walking, working oh, from home. so much more. Yeah. And it's uh, like, I feel like people have joked about the idea of like, oh, we've got so much, like, sorry, they say, oh, we've got so much more time because I'm not traveling or whatever, but it's, but you just work longer or you just nonstop. Uh, yeah. And so this idea of recalibrating and going, what does the next season look like? Even right now, maybe you haven't fully come out of the, you know, lockdown, but life probably is starting to change or you've re- you've re-acclimatized acclimatized <laughs> you just make a new word yeah it's good uh to how it is right now and then you're going what does it need to look like in the next season as things start to open up mm. yeah and just pri- prioritizing like what success looks like to you in each season mm. because part of being an entrepreneur is that you like you always see a new opportunity for growth and I think sometimes mm. that's really hard when you're like, maybe you're in a season at the moment where you're like, you know what, I do need to recalibrate for a little bit or I need to rest or take a vacation or whatever it looks like for you. And you can see all this opportunity if you just didn't do that and you just went hard again or whatever. But it's like, there's always going to be another opportunity. There's always going to be another new thing. Mm. And so it's like playing the long game is really important. Yeah, totally. So... Hey, I hope this has been helpful. Uh, it's always uh, awesome having my amazing wife on the podcast. Love you. Amazing insights, as you know. How cool is that I get to live with her? <laughs> You're pretty lucky. I'm very lucky. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Very lucky. So we talked about three big ideas, which was uh, taking back agency. That's really the principle that came out, which was around pivoting quickly when things happen externally. But more, it's like you taking back that agency and reminding yourself that you have more choices than you realize. Loved that that idea that Sarah shared. Uh, the second one was was changing how you show up. Really, really, that that a short term strategy isn't a long term strategy, and that it's okay to act differently short term to become more buoyant, you know, survive, move forward in a challenging season. But that's going to look differently once you lock back into the next season. And that leads us into our third point, which is is prioritizing the recalibration of, you know, are you ready? Do you need to recalibrate now and, and start going, how does business look moving forward? Because I know for us, we're starting to recalibrate and what that looks like. Uh, and we're working differently. We're focusing on different parts of the business and all that sort of stuff. So, hey, I hope that has been helpful. Uh, if it has, could you please leave a... Uh, a comment down below. Don't even think of it as a review. Just uh, We would love to hear what has been most helpful from those three ideas. What has been most helpful from the conversation that we've had, you know, we've, we've had with you today? Could you leave a, uh, a star review and a comment down below? That'd be really helpful because it actually helps to grow the podcast significantly. So appreciate you all. Look after yourself and uh, bye for now. We'll talk soon. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, 
make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step -step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.